Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast, I feature Pat Phillips. He was born in England and currently resides in Philadelphia. His work was featured in the 2019 Whitney Biennial, and he currently has a solo exhibition titled Consumer Reports at Jeffrey Deitch, New York City. In addition, he has had solo exhibitions at the Mazer Museum of Art in Monroe, Louisiana, M&B in Los Angeles, amongst others. In 2017, he received a Joan Mitchell's Painters and Sculptors Grant, and he has participated in residencies at the Vermont Studio Center and Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture. His work can be found in the collections of the Whitney Museum of American Art, the Albright Knox Art Gallery, Block Museum of Art, and the New Orleans Museum of Art. His paintings combine personal and historical imagery into surreal juxtapositions, drawing on his experience living in America to meditate on complex questions of race, class, labor, and a militarized culture. Pat, who grew up primarily in a small town in Louisiana, found his way to art through painting and photographing box cars. He embraces his entry point creating paintings that discuss the American subculture as well as the current social and political threads running through American culture. His work often contains references to Confederate flags, fences, and guns, all objects that suggest the violent underpinnings of this country and its institutions. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast featuring Pat Phillips. And once again, he has a solo exhibition at Jeffrey Deitch through January 8th. Welcome, Pat. I'm so excited to feature you on my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. Oh, no. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I just went to your show, your opening. I know. I feel like we've been kind of playing kind of tag back and forth, but, you know, we've <laughs> probably got it going. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy. When did you discover your artistic passion? Uh, I think, I mean, I, I always was kind of somebody who, like, as a kid was drawing, you know, like, you know, I can even remember like being like in elementary school, you know, like this whole contest of like, who's the best drawer in class and you know, uh, that was always kind of something, you know, my parents kind of encouraged, you know, my mom was a, she, she, she collected like uh, Yolandro sculptures and, you know, Norman Rockwell prints and things like that. And my dad, you know, he was, you know, growing up, me and my brother, my, I have a brother who's six years older than me. We would actually bring my dad 
uh, like Ninja Turtles and things like that. And he would just draw them, you know, like my dad wasn't ever like a quote unquote artist, uh, you know, he's in the military, but, you know, it was just always something kind of like said loosely in my household, you know, whether it was through comic books or, you know, my dad, you know, hurry up and doing my book report, you know, uh, uh, poster boards for me that was always around. So, you know, I always kind of had a knack for, you know, wanting to draw and just kind of create images in my, my own kind of universes and stuff like that. Do you remember early work, early drawings as a child? Some things, not so much, but I happen to kind of be a pack rat in a way. And like, I still have drawings from like third grade and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, you know, not that I, you know, I obviously like wasn't collecting it, thinking it would be of any value, uh, you know, now, but, you know, I just always kind of held on to stuff like that, you know, so I would, you know, I was reading a lot of comic books back then, uh, you know, like Sam Keith and, uh, you know, Todd McFarlane, who did Spawn. And yeah, you know, me and my friends would try to recreate our own comic books sometimes or our own characters. Uh, but also we would take, you know, Spider-Man and like redo, you know, our own versions, our own narratives and stuff. And I actually have like versions of that in, in, in drawings like that kind of still laying around the house. Interesting. What early artists influenced you? Uh, I mean, I think, you, you know, at, at obviously like at that age, I'm just kind of looking at, at comics. But if I were to think like, you know, getting into my kind of teenage years, you know, it was definitely just, you know, looking at graffiti and stuff. You know, it wasn't like in my household we were going to museums necessarily. I obviously, you know, if you kind of looked at my work, you know, I wasn't necessarily drawn to the Thomas Kincaid prints my mom had hanging on the wall. So for me, you know, yeah, it was kind of like seeing the trains coming into my town. You know, I'm from a really small town. Uh, you know, 16,000 people. And then the city over is about 70,000. And uh, so seeing the trains kind of coming in, I became pretty, you know, interested, you know, interested in that. But I would probably say my, the first time I could probably think of a, a piece of art, you know, that I like looked at, like in a museum that like really kind of captivated me and I kind of fell into it was a uh, Oh, this artist Carol Clore, who who's from Memphis, and uh, I was going to Memphis College of Art at the time, and I, I think you know I had to write a you know write a paper or something like that, and I just remember going to the Brooks Museum and kind of falling into this painting he did called Halloween. So you know if I'm thinking about like art within the context of like you know like museums and institutions like art quote unquote you know uh, you know whatever the hell that means, I, I would probably say like that Carol Clore painting was definitely something you know that from a, like a narrative based, you know, painter, painter's painter kind of element was something that, you know, I gravitated towards early on, you know, when I was like 19 or so. Would you say there are concepts that connect your work? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, him, you know, Carol Cole was obviously like way older than me, you know, uh, old, old white guy, but, uh, you know, yeah, I think that, you know, being from the South, uh, the storytelling, you know, the the sort of mythology around the the, the narratives within his painting, uh, you know, the fact that I think he was in the military for a long time. Not that I was in the military, but this idea of kind of like not kind of coming from the art world, per se, you know, because, you know, thinking back kind of what you were asking me about, like, you know, early art influences, it's like, you know, as a kid, I, I really never thought of myself as someone who was interested in art. You know, it's like I liked graffiti, you know what I mean? And, you know, growing up, it was like, those were two kind of separate things, you know? <laughs> yes, they are. And how has your practice changed over the years? Uh, I, I don't know if I think it's, if it's changed much. <laughs> I, I, I guess I could say, 
I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to think about it, like how much has changed. Because to me, I kind of feel like I'm doing the same thing like I've I've always done uh, uh, as far as like the act of making and creating. Uh, obviously, like the older I get, you know, uh, the ideas and my concerns as an adult have obviously found their way into my paintings and the dialogues that I have. But, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I think outside of you know, like me, you know, since I started painting, you know, yeah, I've kind of always kind of been a painter, you know, uh, I've always felt as a painter, you know, I, I I still use a lot of the tools, you know, whether it's like Marco oil bars or, you know, rollers and house paint and, you know, I, I, I still use a lot of those same tools that, you know, I was gravitating towards when I was 13 and I wasn't even making art, you know, I'm still using a lot of those tools today. So I, I kind of do feel like things are still kind of the same, uh, just at a bigger scale. You know, obviously I have more resources at my disposal, you know. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about what you would be doing if you didn't pursue a career as a painter, as a visual artist? <laughs> uh, I, I think because I've been, you know, like, making stuff and especially like painting on things and what you know through the graffiti and stuff you know I, I wish I had like a really good answer for that but no nah, I, I think if anything I probably would have always just green lighted at at random jobs and and kind of made art you know uh you know I think the idea of like what an art career you know it, it you you know like what does that really mean you know uh, I, I remember when I worked at the fabric store I used to work at Joanne Fabrics and you know, I made $8 an hour and, you know, I would sell paintings here and there and I would do a show here, there. And, you know, I'd give a talk or a walkthrough. You know, I remember talking at universities when I was still holding down a day job. And to me at that point, I felt like I, I had an art career. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I don't know the definition of like what an art career to me, I, I think, can be kind of what the individual makes of it. And I, I guess I kind of always felt ever since I decided, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm determined to do. You know, this is what to some degree I was willing to get arrested for to do. You know, I always felt like art was always going to be a part of my life and everything else was just secondary. Mm -hmm. How would you define black art? Uh, I think I would think of, of black art as just any form of expression that, you know, I feel has an emphasis on black culture. Uh, you know, thinking about me and, and my place in that, I, I don't know if I necessarily think of myself, at, you know, as my as my uh, of my work as black art, per se. Uh, I just happen to be an artist that's black. You know, uh, I feel like any anybody who's creative, you know, obviously is coming from a viewpoint from their identity. So, you know, I think the issues that I talk about or even my personal history is addressed through a black lens. So to me, that's inevitable. You know, like my work is going to be black whether or not, you know, I always agree with people who look like me or even my colleagues sometimes. I mean, there's nuance, you know, uh, but it's still, you know, but in that regard, yeah, I guess it, it's still black. But to me, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just a painter. You know, that's how I kind of think about it, myself, at least. And when do the titles of your paintings enter the creative process? It, it kind of happens. It, it can happen two ways. Uh, you know, when I'm usually in the studio working, I, I listen to like a lot of music when I'm working. I pretty much, you know, if I show up to the studio and there's no, if, you know, I forgot my headphones, like I'm really not even trying to work, you know, if I don't have music. So, you know, I'm always listening to music, you know, there's always ideas kind of running through my head. So sometimes, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I might be working on a painting and, you know, I'm just talking to myself and, you know, the idea that, the, you know, the title might come there. And sometimes, you know, it's after the fact, you know, there are definitely moments where, 
you know, I got to pull up the PDF of all the work and kind of look at it, you know, stare at a painting for 30 minutes and kind of decide on the title. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's serendipity and sometimes, you know, you know, I kind of got to force it to happen. Mm-hmm. How do you keep learning? Uh, <laughs> I feel, you know, I kind of feel like anytime I go into my studio, you know, to work and paint, I'm, I'm learning, you know, as a painter. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I've told people before, you know, I kind of think of painting as like a, like a bar fight, you know, uh, I never win or lose. Uh, it's just this sort of thing I have to grapple with, you know, cause there are, there are moments in my work where, you know, I, I might have trouble painting something, you know, I, I have these struggles sometimes and, you know, I, I kind of walk into the studio and I take this kind of deep breath and, you know, yeah, I'll start painting it or, you know, painting in a figure and it's not going the way I want it to. And yeah, there, there are days where I feel like, you know, I kind of throw in the towel for a few minutes or an hour and sit back. And in my mind, yeah, I kind of feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing at this moment. And I do feel like I, I don't know how to paint and I, I kind of have to reteach myself sometimes. So I feel like, you know, just the act of, of doing is, is, is constant it's, it's constant education, it's constant learning as you go, you know. Is it a stressful experience to approach a blank canvas? Yeah, uh, it's funny because, you know, I work, you know, I, I work in a lot of different kind of ways. You know, I work in my sketchbooks pretty regularly. I work on paper, I work on canvas. You know, if I'm lucky enough, you know, I still get to go outdoors and paint something with friends every now and then. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things that go into my practice before I actually get into the studio and like decide to make a painting. And yeah, there is, you know, I've I've had conversations with artists about this uh, at times. And yeah, there is something, you know, about, you know, like prepping a canvas and putting a a, a piece of canvas on like a, a pedestal and, you know, kind of being timid sometimes about approaching it. You know, that that is something that, you know, I still do. I still do think about in my practice, whereas with other things, you know, if I'm working on paper, you know, let's just say, you know, I'm doing some graffiti or something like that. Like you you don't really think about that. You just go in there and, and just start working. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, institutions and the art world, you know, quote unquote, like have kind of created this I- idea of, you know, like the 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 canvas, you know, being this sort of precious thing, you know. Uh, so, no, you know, I definitely think about that, you know, sometimes before, you know, after I stretch a canvas, you know, I just kind of stare at this large, you know, white canvas that's super smooth, and I just kind of stare at it before I approach it, you know? <laughs> I won't say what's on my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, say it. <laughs> no, 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 shame on me. Um, so you mentioned that you have the music on while you're working. What what type of music do you listen to? Uh, when I'm working, it can kind of be a little bit anything, you know, uh, my dad was actually like, you know, he DJed, you know, when he was in the military and stuff. So growing up, he he had a huge record collection, you know, so I listened, you know, to, you know, a lot of like Temptations, Bobby Walmart, you know, uh, Cool in the Gang, you know, there, you know, uh, Fruit Man, you know, uh, uh, Summer Madness, you know, those are titles of shows of mine that, yeah, you know, they're directly derived from, you know, listening to Cool in the Gang, you know, uh, but, you know, I listen to a, a little bit of everything, you know, sometimes it just, you know, the the medicine I need at that moment, you know, kind of de- de- depends on where I'm at in the painting. You know, if I find myself working on a on a figure at a moment, you know, yeah, I might need to 
you know, listen to like uh, La Sera or something that's a little bit more more chill uh, while I'm working to maybe calm me down. But uh, my music interest is kind of all over the place. You know, I don't think you ever see me without a Slayer T-shirt on. Uh, but, you know, music is just definitely a big influence uh, for me and my work. What influenced the title of your current show, Consumer Reports? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I, obviously that one wasn't, well, you know, actually, it's kind of funny since we're talking about that. Uh, there's actually a song called Investigative Reports uh, by Wu-Tang Clan. And I remember listening to that while I was, you know, uh, writing up, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the statement for the work and everything like that. Uh, so I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe that's where I, I got the idea for, you know, Consumer Reports. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I could have came up with any, you know, any sort of title, you know, to to sort of describe, you know, middle America and sort of our addiction, you know, with, with, with consumer goods and products, you know, I could have picked any title and yeah, why consumer reports, you know, maybe me listening to that song at that moment, you know, obviously, you know, maybe did have a, have a, have some, 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 you know, play in that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel your audience understands your work? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes and no. I, I think, you know, there's a level of nuance in my work sometimes that I like to kind of keep things open. You know, I think as a painter, you know, I, I tell people a lot, you know, if I was qualified at anything else, I probably wouldn't be a painter. You know, going back to what we're talking about earlier, like, I don't know what I'd be. But, you know, so I, I think for me, you know, I, I try to have this open dialogue with people without necessarily like trying to beat them over the head with my beliefs. You know, obviously I do have biases and they obviously make their way in the work. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think I do. A, a, I try, you know, at least I'm sure I missed the marks in time, but I I, 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 I do my best job at um, creating a certain level of nuance in the work where people can sort of have the, see their own ideas, have their own ideas reflected and their own prejudices sometimes reflected while looking at my work. So, yeah, I think sometimes people get it and sometimes people don't understand it for whatever reason. And that's totally OK. That's completely fine with me. What do you feel is the purpose of art? Uh, I guess I think that's up. To, <laughs> I think that's up to the individual, uh, you know, the purpose of art, you know, and it's funny, you know, as someone who used to, you know, vandalize people's property a lot. You know, I don't know if I'm the person to tell people, you know, what they should be doing with their art. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I think art, obviously can be used from anything from a political tool to like personal therapy, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, art should be inspiring and captivating and draw people in to, you know, to explore, like I said, maybe a larger dialogue or just something of interest, you know, um, I guess that makes sense. But, you know, I, I guess, I guess whether or not like, you know, you, you, you know, you might think of the purpose of art, you know, like I said, might be coming from like a political standpoint or even personal. I think for me, like from a creative standpoint, I, I hope that all artists and all creators are having internal dialogues with themselves before they, they kind of put the things that they create out in the world, you know, whatever that purpose might be as to why they do it, that to me is up to them. Uh, but, you know, I think they need to have that conversation before they 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 put it out there, you know, whether that's a, you know, a band T-shirt or, you know, that's an Obama hope poster. You know, I, I think that's up to the artist. Uh, I think the idea of the role of art and maybe the role of an artist who, you know, might be, you know, in a certain position, maybe might be a little bit different, you know, if that makes any sense. 
Interesting answer. What does your workspace look like? Uh, well, it, 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 it's fairly like clean. You know, I, I keep things pretty organized. It's, uh, it's about 180, I mean, about 830 square feet. Uh, you know, there's writing and text all over the walls, you know, obviously like homage, you know, and just kind of how, you know, to graffiti, but also just how I, I kind of process ideas. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of looks like a workshop to a certain degree. Like I said, there's paintings, you know, there it is. There's tools everywhere. You know, I, I, you know, you know, I was making my own stretchers, you know, by hand, you know, milling the wood and everything up until recently, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I don't even think it's anything that interesting. Uh, it overlooks, uh, you know, a large, you know, um, train track. So, you know, I, I see Amtrak and railroad cars passing by every day, which, uh, you know, are very reminiscent of just how I grew up, you know, so that's really comforting to me. That's nice. You said you mill the wood? Well, you know, just like, so like, instead of buying stretcher bars, you know, I would, you know, I would buy like a, you know, like a, like a, like a one by two by eight, you know, like piece of wood. And then I would, you know, cut it all down to size, each stretcher bar, you know, by hand, you know, and, and do it all myself. Mm-hmm. What are you excited about now? Uh, <laughs> considering that my show is finally over, you know, I mean, it's still up, but, you know, I'm kind of done with it because, I mean, um, the, you know, I, I was, you know, working on a mural for that show and, you know, the, the turnaround for that show was pretty, pretty quick. Uh, I would say what I'm excited about is maybe, you know, taking a break. You know, I, I think uh, self-care is kind of really important, especially, you know, in your world, you know, like, or just anybody who's kind of, who's working or, or self-employed, you know, because when you're self-employed, it's easy to kind of, you know, you have to be the, the manager and the employee and, you know, in, in HR, you have to do, wear all of these hats. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you know, you always, you know, you want to be at the show and, you know, people ask you, you know, like, well, what's next or what do you have going on? You know, we always want to tell people like, oh, I'm working on this and I'm working on that. And, you know, sometimes it's OK to tell people you're not working on anything or you're just going to hang out, you know, with your dog or go visit family. So I think for me, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to, you know, take a little bit of time off. Uh, I don't know if you know the the artist Lex Brown, you know, roller skate with Lex Brown and Cody Brown, you know, uh, you know, just have some time to myself, you know. Yeah. It's so smart. You sound like you're very disciplined. <laughs> you know, I think, there's a, I think there's a time and a place for everything, you know, because especially when, you know, I'm talking to artists who are in their 20s still, you know, it's like, sure, you know, I might go to my studio, you know, at nine o'clock and come back home for dinner by five or six. But, you know, yeah, when I was 23, you know, I wasn't I wasn't, you know, moving like that. You know, it was it was definitely very different, you know, so. Time and place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This has been a great interview. Uh, your your answers are fruitful. They're they're like full bodied wine. So this is the last question, and that is, what do you feel is your role as an artist? I kind of think about that question, kind of like you know, like what we asked about, like the purpose of art. You know, uh, uh, you know, the role of the artist. I think is what you, you uh, what you had asked me or something like that. Uh, you know, I think for me as an artist, my like first and foremost, honestly, like my role is to create like my job is to make paintings, you know, kind of like I said earlier, like I am a painter, you know, uh, you know, despite, you know, the 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 conversations I have in my work, the, the heavy handedness at times, the the charged imagery, uh, 
you know, in the conversations that I'm having, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, like I'm still a painter. I was, you know, I was making paintings and, and, and creating things way before, you know, any galleries were interested or, you know, I remember one time I was on a political panel talking about politics. Like, you know, it's just like, like, I think my role for me, yes, is, is to be, to be a creator, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm somebody who like enjoys making paintings and making stuff and, and, and having these sort of conversations with myself. Uh, I think sometimes like maybe the role as an, as an artist and maybe the role, and I said this kind of earlier, like the role as somebody who might be in a different position might, might be, you know, slightly different. I think there's some crossover, but, you know, I do, I do try to be very cautious now about my role as somebody, you know, who has a platform to share ideas with a larger audience. You know, uh, you know, if I think 10 years ago, you know, maybe my role as an artist was, you know, solely just to make art, you know, spray paint on trains and do whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> Whereas now, you know, yeah, I, I do think, you know, uh, I do, I do have a, a certain level of responsibility to, you know, have these tough dialogues, uh, not just about my, you know, not just my own internal, you know, kind of bullshit, but have these tough dialogues with, you know, people we share the planet with, you know, whether that's, you know, social issues or, you know, anything to that caliber. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the role of, you know, the role of, of an artist is, you know, to inspire people. And I, I think, regardless of, you know, like we talked about earlier, like whether or not people understand my work sometimes or people agree with, with what I'm saying. Like, I, I think my role now in being in a, in a position to kind of have the resources that I have, you know, sometimes it's just being present, being able to show work and exhibit work and have these conversations has allowed me to sort of lend my skill set to so many different things. Uh, you know, I, I worked with kids for like seven years, you know, doing projects. And, you know, it's like, I don't think some six-year-old kid is, you know, trying to deconstruct my work as much as they're just interested, you know, in the materials that I use or want to, you know, play with paint. And sometimes, you know, I, I think that's just another layer of the role, you know. So I think there's a lot of different roles, you know, for, for the artists, you know, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. And I'm grateful. <laughs> Once again, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Phyllis. Take care. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram. Instagram.